Hi guys, so good to be with you again. Please take your seats. And um, just thinking about the worship and the testimonies, Jenny, Jenny and I have just also come back from Zambia. And uh, there's an amazing story where the senior team went out to a village that they struggled for years to get going. All of a sudden, there's been a move of God and they've planted 39 additional churches. Isn't that incredible? Um, there's no limit to what God is doing today. And um, this morning at the earlier service, as I came out, I just had a sense. Um, school's gone, going back next week, isn't that so? The mid-year break is over. We're heading view group and heading towards the end of the year. But you know, so many people are going to come to Christ. Um, and they, they're going to have a Christmas that is going to be Christ-centered. Can we, can we just give God a hand for that? Because He's already preparing that. So we encourage you to invite folk, invite your family and friends, and let's see what God does in the second half of this year. Awesome. I'm going to speak to you about the fourfold blessing that comes from an encounter with Jesus. You know, if I think back of my many years serving God, and one word is blessing. Blessings that I have never, never really been worth, worthy of. God doesn't bless us because we're worthy. He blesses us because He loves us. Isn't that incredible? And um, as the Scripture says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. But there is blessing. And I just wanted to start off <clears throat> by saying that life consists of never-ending series of encounters. Isn't that so? Every day with so many different kinds of people. But, and of course, maybe the most special encounter you can think of is when you met your, your loved one, your spouse. <clears throat> I mean, I met Jenny. I was with another girl and she was with her, <clears throat> well, ex-boyfriend. And we sat together at a dinner <clears throat> and the rest is history. Um, so God has got a way of giving us the, that divine encounter. Because as I was getting ready, God said, you're going to meet your wife today. And I thought it was the girl that I was there on a blind date. But we were blind and I was just in desperation. Started talking to the lady on my other side. And then the next day God said, now that's the wife. And uh, just thank God for Jenny. So, but let me tell you this. The most important encounters we will ever have is with Jesus. Guys, you've got to know that. And that's why it's so important how we respond. Today, we're going to encounter Him, maybe for some of you, for the umpteenth time. Why is it important? Because He's our Creator. He personally created us. He's our Savior. He is the only way to the Father. He, he's the one who died on the cross for us. He's our leader. Is He your leader? Um, and, it's, you know, fundamentally, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and love. No one comes to the Father but through me. And of course, people from other religions see it as arrogant. But guys, it's not. It's the truth. The truth is we are changed forever when we truly encounter Jesus. The quality of life, our mission on earth, our eternal destination is determined by our encounters with Jesus. And Paul had the craziest initial encounters. He was this wild man from Borneo. He was on a mission to destroy Christianity. He admits, 
that he actually had people killed. He had them thrown into jail, put into irons. Um, and he was on the road to Damascus to gather up every Christian and bring them back to Jerusalem, breathing fire and smoke. When all of a sudden, he has an encounter with Jesus. And you know, it was a fourfold blessing uh, because he received salvation, healing, a baptism with the Holy Spirit, and a commission and vision all in one. Can I tell you this? You don't have to wait for years to be blessed in these areas. So I want to talk about this fourfold blessing that Paul received. Why could he receive it immediately? Because they're all grace gifts. Your healing is a grace gift. Your baptism of the Holy Spirit is not given, is not, doesn't happen because you've achieved a certain milestone. It's all a gift from Jesus. So let's read from Acts 22. This is actually Paul's testimony or story. Wherever he went, he told his story. Can I encourage you that you have a story, maybe you should write it down and remember it and start telling other people. We will pack this auditorium several times because people will respond to your story. And that's what happened with Paul from one end of the world to the next. He told his story. And this is Paul speaking to the Jews in Jerusalem just before his arrest. Acts 22 from verse 3. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia. And I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. He was the fundi on uh, uh, Jewish law. He, he was the big man, the senior. He says, as a student, I was certainly trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And I persecuted the followers of the way. I love the way he uses the word the way because our journey is a way to God. But how weird, how sick I honored God by persecuting people. Doesn't make sense, does it? Hounding some to death, arresting both men and women, throwing them in prison. The high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so. For I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the followers of the way. Christians were called followers of the way in the early days. And I think that's a great description. Um, from there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. What a, what a sick gentleman. What a, Man, alive. How can you be so deceived? But you know what? One of our biggest problems can be deception. The Bible speaks a lot about it. Then as I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, a very bright light, note that, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's interesting. If ever we do anything evil or ungodly to someone, it's always God that we're hurting. I don't know if you ever thought about that. Um, so I asked, what should, uh, sorry, where are we? Who are you, Lord? Guys, are you asking questions? Never be afraid to ask God questions. 
Who are you? Um, uh, the voice replied, I'm Jesus, the Nazarene, the one you're persecuting. Straight down the line, there it is. The people with me saw the light, but didn't understand the voice speaking. You know what the tragedy is? People who keep their hearts closed actually can't understand the gospel. They, they, can't, they can't understand the light. So people can even be in the house of God where there's an anointing, but yet leave without understanding. What a tragedy. And we need to continually pray for those people. I asked, what should I do, Lord? Guys, you've got to be asking these questions. God, as I leave this house, what should I do? And the Lord told me, get up and go into Damascus. Damascus. Jesus often said, get up. He healed people who were lame. A man was lame for 40 years. He didn't rub the guy's back. Didn't give him a massage. He just says, get up and take your bed and your McDonald uh, packets and leave. Get up, get up. That's a, the spiritual instruction. It's a word from God. Get up and go into Damascus. And there you'll be told everything you are to do. I want to tell you, God always leads us. He, if you ask Him, He will tell you what He has for His life. I was blinded by the intense light and had to be led by the hand to Damascus by my companions. A man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man, deeply devoted to the law and well regarded by all the Jews in Damascus. He came and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, already there was that connection made with God. Regain your sight. And that very moment I could see him. Isn't that wonderful to be so confident in the gifting? Just regain your sight. Break your glasses. Um, it was just incredible how he just honored God. Then he told me, the Lord God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. Guys, we are called and chosen to hear Jesus speak. For you are to be his witnesses telling everyone what you have seen and heard. Do you understand that we're called to be witnesses? Telling everyone what God has done. And after I returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple and fell into a trance. I saw a vision of Jesus saying to me, hurry, leave Jerusalem for the people here won't accept your testimony about me. But Lord, I argued, they certainly know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And I was in complete agreement when your witness Stephen was killed. I stood by and kept the coats. They took off when they stoned him. Guys, Paul had descended to the very bottom. But that didn't worry God. His grace came and changed his life. Isn't that awesome? Just give God a hand. And of course, he got the last uh, verse 21, but the Lord told me, go for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Do you know that all the ministry in the church that we experience started when God sent Paul to the Gentiles. Isn't that awesome? Okay, so Paul's encounter was very unexpected. First, it was unexpected to him. He never thought he would give his life to Jesus. How many of us were just living a life and just all of a sudden God spoke to us? Um, I, I, I've got this very dear friend who was really there for me. My mother passed away, but we were at school together. He was the worst of the worst. 
But you know, when God touched him for years after that, if you met an old school friend, they said, do you know that this, this guy has turned to God and religion? Um, what a great testimony. He never expected it, but neither did the Jews. In fact, they wanted to kill him. We've just read. How can one of us turn against us and propagate this gospel that we're trying to stamp out? And of course, you know, it was unexpected to Christians. Because if someone in your family comes to Christ, do you embrace them or are you thinking, whoa, is this real? Is it going to last? Do you know that after his Damascus experience, he went to Arabia. We read that in Galatians. And he only visited Peter and James three years later. The church was kind of, we're just going to watch and see what happens. It was so unexpected. Guys, why am I telling you this? Because I want to encourage you, if you've never given your life to Christ, this can be the day. I can give you so many testimonies of unexpected salvation. In other words, unexpected encounters with Jesus. I want you to pray for family, friends, and work colleagues that they will have an unexpected encounter with Jesus. Awesome. So we're going to look at the fourfold blessings. First blessing is obvious. It's salvation and ongoing forgiveness. When we confess our sins, the Word of God tells us He is faithful and just to forgive us. Scripture tells us that God chooses to forget the things that we have done. Notice this. <clears throat> Jesus is the one who initiates an encounter with Him. Out of incredible love, we are always His precious creation. And you know what? Scripture tells us that Jesus hates the sin, but loves the sinner. So he was always drawn to people whose lives were in a terrible mess. Example, Zacchaeus. He could give the Guptas a run for their money. Um, people hated him. And Jesus stopped under the tree where he was hiding and said, come, we're going to have lunch together. He initiated the encounter. Can any of you remember the time that Jesus first spoke to you? Uh, I did a, a series of testimonies once many years ago, and I found with every one of them, God had spoken to them in their bedrooms. And then they looked for a church, and we were the church with the funny signs. We were the big church, and they just came here. So please pray for friends and family that they will have a similar encounter. I mean, does that, does that encourage you? Does that give you some direction? Um, Mary Magdalene, what had happened was that Paul had allowed himself to be deceived into believing that what he was doing was acceptable to God. So the light surrounded him. And I believe that when we have a true encounter, it's the light that exposes the darkness in our hearts. It's very interesting. Because we can be happy. Guys, if, if ever you're in church and you start to feel uncomfortable, don't worry, that's the Holy Spirit. Because we trust that regularly He will show us if there's any darkness or any evil or sin. Don't run away. You see, when the light comes, we have two options. One, we either embrace the light and the revelation of Jesus or we run. And 
over decades. I've seen it. Somebody stops coming to church and I bump into them and pick and pay or at the gym. And how, how are you going? Do you know what they tell me? I don't ask them. I have been so busy. <laughs> what they're saying is, I've been too busy to come to the house of God. There's something in their lives that has caused them to step back. Guys, that's not what God wants. God wants us to embrace His light. Amen. Jesus is our actual creator. He is the one who died for us, but He has to be the epicenter of our lives. Do you know what that means? That we obey His word. Yes, there's times we disobey and we ask Him to forgive us. We obey His word and we live a life that pleases God because He's at the center of our lives. Anything else is sin. So if we're promoting ourselves or we're on our own, our own mission like Paul, sometimes we think, I've just got this thing, this thing, my mission. Guys, it must never be your mission. It's always Christ's mission. He's always at the center. So it was the light from Jesus that made Paul realize he was actually persecuting Jesus. So if we don't please him, we either ignore him, we reject him, or we persecute him. So it's a wonderful opportunity for us to allow the guilt that has been revealed to be turned into salvation. Are you, are you happy with that? Salvation is a blessing. It gives us eternal life. Interesting thing with Paul. Do you know that he didn't fight, he didn't fight with Jesus? He was this razor-sharp, educated Jew who could argue. But you know what? When revelation comes, true revelation, it absolutely just overflows and all our logic and all our reasoning falls away. So I'm hoping some people here today will have a revelation of Jesus. Awesome. Great stuff. Then there's healing. Now we notice in the scripture, sometimes people who are not Christians are healed first. So it, it doesn't really matter because healing is a grace gift. It's not, God doesn't heal us because we're good. You know that? It, what did Jesus say? Your faith has made you whole. So whether you are a seeker or a Christian for 30 years, God responds to our faith. And sometimes we don't have a chance to have faith as, as we see here. Every encounter with Jesus has the potential for healing. Paul was blinded by the light. So what happened was, Jesus spoke to Ananias, who was a fellow believer, and said, I want you to go. You'll find this man, Saul of Tarsus, in a house on the, on the street called Straight. And I want you to pray for him. I want you to lay hands on him. He was the vessel. And maybe some of us need to stir up a gift of healing. I tell you what, you start praying for people at work and seeing them healed. And I tell you what, you will definitely see people coming to Jesus. Um, it was just a simple faith. Brother, Brother Paul, regain your sight. His healing was instant. Guys, it's not always instant, by the way. But I remember my late father who operated the gift of healing like I've never seen before. The many times he prayed for us at home. He would pray and just walk away. And I was a kid and I had mumps. I don't think kids get mumps anymore. I think they're vaccinated against. Just everything was swollen up. And I was a little child, I was crying, he came home for lunch. And he just asked me the question, what do you want 
from, from, from Jesus. So I said, Dad, I just want the sore throat to go. He said, in Jesus' name, sore throat, depart. And he just walked out and went back to work. You know, I still had the mumps, but I, my throat wasn't sore at all. I got what I asked for. <laughs> and I like this thing. Paul, regain your sight. Okay, let's move on. There's something else we need to talk about. By the way, healing includes every area of our being that has been broken and damaged. It could be emotional, spiritual, and physical. Jesus delivered people from demon possession and spoke of it as a healing. And we can, we can be oppressed by the devil. Uh, possession comes, obviously, when we open ourselves up to things like Satanism and Spiritism. But sometimes people are oppressed and it's almost like they're in a prison. So whatever, let me just read Matthew 9, 35. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. I want to tell you that there's a new illness that has gained incredible momentum. And that is, Mental issues, stress disorders, panic attacks, <clears throat> anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorders, outrage, stuff like that, that is so prevalent. And you know what? Whether you're a Christian or a seeker, you want to be free of that. And Jesus is saying, I'm here to bring healing, every kind of disease. And what I love is the last two verses of John's gospel. He says, these are just a few healings, a few miracles that Jesus performed. He said, if everything Jesus did supernaturally on earth were to be written out in books, there are not enough books in the world to fill all these stories. So what I'm saying to you is Jesus was God in God incarnate. He's, still, he's in heaven, but he sent his Holy Spirit. Guys, if you need to be healing, to be healed, you can have a healing encounter. Amen? I want your faith to rise. I want you to reach towards God. Uh, we're going to have an encounter moment in just a few minutes. So we have salvation. We have healing. Then baptism is the third blessing. Now you've got to understand the word baptism is the word baptizo, okay, which means to be immersed. And it's used in Scripture in three ways. Firstly, the baptism in water where a leader baptizes you. That's adult baptism, when you're completely immersed. Um, and that is a celebration that we're a new person, that our lives have changed. Then in 1 Corinthians, Paul speaks about the Holy Spirit baptizing us into the body of Christ, which is the church. Remember, your part is to confess your sins. It's the Holy Spirit's part to give you new birth. Amen. And he baptizes you. Um, it's called a baptism into the church. But the third baptism is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that is the baptism that Jesus does. So let me read Matthew 3.11. But someone, this is John the Baptist speaking. Someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Guys, if you don't have fire, 
Why don't you allow the Holy Spirit to baptize you with fire? And many of us have spoken in tongues. And I believe that this is the, the baptism that he's talking about because um, of the report in Acts 9. Let me read it to you. It's 17 to 19. Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me that you might, one, regain your sight and two, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptised. And after that, he ate some food and regained strength. Guys, we can't do without food. So we got food on sale afterwards if you need to regain your strength. That's why we have the food. Okay, so when God is, when you've had an encounter with God, you can be strengthened afterwards. You didn't even know that, did you? Um, Awesome, awesome. He got up. Some of us need to spiritually get up and say, you know what? I was baptized with the Holy Spirit in the year of Futsack 20 years ago, 30 years ago, but my fire has dampened. I need it to be stirred up. What did Paul say to this young guy, Timothy? Shame, man. <laughs> we South Africans say the word shame, hey? Shame, man. Timothy was a young guy in the ministry and he was struggling physically, spiritually and emotionally. And Paul writes to him, it's a challenge and an encouragement. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Amen. But of power and a sound mind. Isn't that awesome? But he said to him, stir up. Get into flame the gift that was placed inside of you by the laying on of hands. Stir. Some of us need to stir up the fire or we need a new fire. Amen. So baptism. Oh my head. We have three great, great, incredible blessings. Salvation, healing, baptism. The last one to be called an commission. This absolutely stunned Paul. He was doing all the wrong things, but meantime, in eternity, in the eternal past, God had already called him and he spoke about this so often. I'm just going to read Ephesians 1, 3 to 4. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Turn to the person next to you and say, He has blessed us. With every spiritual blessing. Come on, say it with conviction, with every spiritual blessing. Okay. In the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault. Guys, please, I want to encourage you. Discover your spiritual gifts. Allow God to use both your natural and your spiritual gifts for His eternal purpose. Um, to be used by Him in your family, in our community, in the church. Guys, some of us may have retired from ministry and service. You know what? When you're retired, God may as well take you. Nah, come on. It's not time to die yet. (laughs) We want to be reinvigorated. Guys, Paul spent his whole life fulfilling the calling that was revealed to him uh, in this season. Oh, my hat. But you know, for some of us, we lost our way. Different kinds of pressures, stresses, vulnerabilities, maybe temptations. And Jesus is all right with that. As long as we allow Him to recommission us. You know, 
Peter denied Jesus three times. It was just a whole mess. He ran away. But Jesus pursued him. And he had an encounter with Jesus at the side of the Sea of Galilee. I've been there. It's a, it's a great place. Beautiful place. And he'd gone out and tried to fish. And it was a repeat of when he was first commissioned. There was no fish. And Jesus performed a miracle. You know what he said to Peter? Do you love me? He didn't say, hey, come here, boy. You denied me three times. What is wrong with you? After all I've done for you. He actually didn't tell any of the other disciples what had happened because they were there. He just said, Peter, do you love me? He said, of course I love you. Then feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love him? Of course you do. He wouldn't be here. He wouldn't have come here on this cold day. He'd be lying in bed, watching TV, playing TV games, reading the newspaper. Now, who reads the newspaper these days? The Sunday slums. Um, no, times. Um, just not in my notes, guys. Not in my notes. Now, you see, I'm off track here. Completely off track. <laughs> guys, what is the point? The point is recommission. Let God recommission you. Chat to your leaders. Some of you need to be leading view groups. Guys, we need probably another 150 view group leaders. Because you know what? God has promised revival. And I don't want God to bring us revival unless we have the leaders to lead view groups so that discipling can take place. Amen. When I was praying this morning, I felt God wants to heal people from anxiety, stress disorders, depression, in the name of Jesus. And if that's your problem or you've got a family member with that problem or a close friend or even a work colleague, why don't you raise your hands and let's pray for them. Come on. Lord, I thank You, Lord, that You have not come to give us darkness and depression. Lord, You come with light. Lord, and You want us to have peace and to have joy. Uh, You want us to experience Your blessings. Lord, I come against these modern day illnesses in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, even as hearts are open, that right now You will touch people, touch their family members. Lord, I I almost sense, I can see a picture of some mothers who were so stressed. They worried about their kids and grandchildren. In the name of Jesus, Lord, relieve them. And Lord, fill them with faith and love and joy and a determination to see You move in the lives of their families. In the name of Jesus. Receive and encounter this moment with God. Amen. Okay, let's move on. We're going to move on to the Holy Spirit to be filled. If you've never been filled and spoken and spoken in tongues, I'm going to pray for you. Remember, we got a five by five. You come along. I believe God is going to just take us to another level. But if you have lost the fire, come on. Trust God. You know what He said? Stir up. Stir into flame. So I want you to have an encounter and trust God to stir that into flame. Father, we come to You in the Name of Jesus. And Lord, we know that You, Jesus, are the baptizer right now. God, I pray that You would baptize people with the Holy Spirit and fire. In the Name 
of Jesus, that God, we would not resist what you're doing in our lives. Lord, set people free. Come on, let's speak in tongues. Those of you that have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues. God has given you a tongue. Let's trust God. Guys, let's see a future that God has planned, not a future that politics or the newspaper or CNN or anything else. God, we're going to trust God that He's going to do an amazing thing in our country. But it starts with us. Come on, stir up, stir into flame the gift that God has given you. Amen. Okay, now, commission. I want you to raise your hand and trust God that God is going to give you a new jacket, a new role and a new function because all of that is needed if revival is going to be momentous. Come on. Father, I just pray for people here that God, you would reveal to them the gifts, the spiritual gifts. Lord, uh, I pray words of knowledge, words of wisdom, gifts of healing, working of miracles. Lord, the gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy. That God, we would prophesy, Lord, not in a weird way, but that we would speak your word. And God, speak things that people didn't know. In the name of Jesus, I pray for the ascension gifts, ministries of teachers, pastors, apostles and prophets. In Jesus' name, I pray upon this congregation that this will be the beginning of at least 39 churches planted. Amen. Amen. Guys, the last one, but it's the first one, salvation. If you know this is a moment when you are going to step into a new relationship with Jesus, a relationship of sins forgiven, I want to pray for you. If that's you today, will you raise your hand and say, Graham, I'm giving my life to Jesus right now. Not church membership. Anyone? Everyone's focusing on the Lord. Is there somebody? Thank you. There's a hand. Just guys, hand up, hand down. We just want to know to pray for you. There's a hand. There's any other there hands? There's a hand there in the back in the middle. Guys, please don't leave this place out of relationship. Guys, it, all, it, all you have to do is whisper in your heart, Jesus, forgive me. Become the center of my life. Is there anybody else? Come on. Let's, let's respond to the anointing. Have an encounter with Jesus. That will change your life. Anybody else here this morning? There's a hand at the back, two hands at the back. Amen. Let's let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you that you have blessed us with salvation, healing, and infilling of the Spirit, and a calling and and gifting. Right now, I give I give my heart to you, Jesus. I confess my sin of living a life with myself at the center. And I fully devote my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Can we say thank you once again to Uncle Graham for an amazing message? And if you can all just stay still for two seconds, because if you did give your life to Jesus for the first time this morning, we want to meet you and pray with you. So the door is open to my left, your right. Please come there. But to everybody else in the room, if you are not in a view group, 
Before you leave today, please, we are relaunching the new View Group term. So if you're not in a View Group and you want more moments like you had today with people standing around and faith and the worship, then that's what happens in a View Group. So as you leave today, stop at the God Can banner, join a View Group, and we can't wait to see you this week. But have a blessed Sunday and rest of your week. God bless.